Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. TVP's announcements. This is a series that we have on our network where we give you announcements about upcoming projects and platforms that are entering the crypto ecosystem. Now, this is a disclaimer because we do that now. So, here's the thing this is the presentation of a platform, and that's it. This is an investment advice. Don't take it as investment advice. If you like the platform, seek it out in the show notes. Go there, buy the things, invest in the platform. Help them out with your skill sets. But we're not giving you any recommendations or advice. This is just for you to listen to and soak up some new information about a new platform in this ecosystem. So, please enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to uh, another episode of TPP's Announcements. If you heard that specific music by the Absurdist, you know what time it is. It's time for us to get to know another another company trying to do something in this space unique. Uh, and uh, today we'll jump right in it. We are joined uh, by Gabriel from from Rigo Block, uh, the CEO, co-founder. Um, how are you, Gabriel? You guys doing that's good that's good so we like to start out all these interviews uh you know very standard we want to know um your, your background maybe you know however much of that you're willing to share if it's we've had personal uh affections on the show before uh, or or not but we what we do like to hone in on is when your background intersected with cryptocurrency or blockchain technology and you knew you had to then create or build something in this space? Yeah, um, basically I worked in asset management, uh, previously in a hedge fund and then in a management company, um, running trading strategies and funds. And, um, and I started my own business uh, still running a fund. Um, I got into cryptocurrencies because of Bitcoin. Uh, because I was attracted by the um, idea of uh, an asset that could uh, protect uh, from hyperinflation. I was really worried about the over-leveraging of uh, um, Western uh, central banks uh, and governments. Um, so first I got into Bitcoin and uh, that was 2014, started trading a bit around, a little bit of market making. Um, then there was the big promise of Ethereum, and uh, with Ethereum, I saw the potential to actually create uh, structured vehicles like investment funds uh, on smart contracts. So as soon as uh, Ethereum was born, um, I started 
playing around uh, on the Ethereum blockchain. And in February 2016, I started coding the very first smart contracts. And uh, then by, uh, by summer, I started working full time on that. And so that's how Rigoblock was born. And, um, and from there, of course, we went to uh, a path of getting co-founders, institutional investors, and uh, partners. So now we are a bigger family. Uh, we saw a lot of the highs and downs of the Ethereum market and ecosystem. And uh, we're very happy uh, that we're ready for launch also on the Ethereum mainnet. So what we're doing is something that was at the beginning deemed as not possible. Uh, not only we've proven that it's possible, we've had uh, um, running applications, uh, first uh, prototypes, then, a, then an alpha platform, then a beta platform. Uh, and uh, we've had those prototypes and platforms for like two years now. Uh, the latest the beta uh, around February, April, we, we launched. So now users can actually access freely. And, um, and we're actually uh, getting ready to launch on mainnet uh, with, uh, yeah, we can get then deeper into how the product works. Uh, it's basically, yeah, let's hold off a little bit before we get too deep into Rigo Block. Um, I want to know kind of the origins of, of Rigo Block and what problem you that you saw. You said you you know you believed in the hype of Ethereum, um, but then that kind of ultimately forced you to start doing your own development. Like what problem have you seen, and what problem is Rigo Block solving? Yeah, well, I mean, if you think about any trader that trades money and um, and most of the times either one, either does or wants to trade money for third parties, and when you want to set up a fund, um, you have to go through the legal setup, which can take months and uh, tens of thousands of dollars in legal fees, which is not accessible for the younger traders. So the idea was uh, with blockchain, you can create a smart contract that operates just like a fund, uh, and uh, and it's so immediate to create, and it's so inexpensive also to deploy. Um, so that that was the the original idea, leveraging on uh, a public uh, ledger like the Ethereum blockchain, like the Ethereum public blockchain, um, to create applications for a, for asset management on top. At the beginning, it was. Um, mostly creating funds on Ethereum. And then it, it actually the concept got extended to a protocol for creating applications for asset management, which means that um, not only uh, users can create funds or pools of tokens of any kind uh, through our protocol, but they can also build applications on top of it. So they can build front applications on top of it. And it makes it very easy um, to, for, for, for any company or external developer to create their own application for asset management, their own decentralized application for asset management. Very interesting. And, and so given that, what can the user expect when they're interacting uh, with, with Rego Block? How, how deep does the, does the rabbit hole of Rego Block go? Um, 
you know, does the, is the coin just a, a matter of, or is the token that 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 is being used on RicoBlock, uh, you know, something that you just swap for a service, or does it actually have some sort of utility that that helps the user um, manage their assets? How's, so the, token, how's that the token by itself uh, is an access token to services on the platform and on the protocol. Okay. Uh, the core um, component is what we call proof of performance. So it's an automated minting algorithm uh, which generates new token. So it's an inflation token uh, with a tiny moderate inflation that goes to the operators of the pools, the so-called wizards, or if you want, managers. Uh, for their activity of running a pool. And uh, the system, uh, the algorithm, takes into account the assets of a pool, uh, the performance, if any, in a certain period of time with a high watermark as well, so there's no duplication of fees, uh, and uh, rewards um, the pool operator uh, with tokens. And in order to participate to the uh, incentives mechanism, a trader must hold um, the tokens. So this is all embedded in the token, in the protocol. It's already live and working. And uh, on top of it, uh, premium services, like uh, accesses to some certain uh, features on the platform, uh, require the users to hold the tokens. So um, in, in certain cases, there is also a burning of tokens, but in most cases, the users just need the token to access the platform. So even in minimal amounts, um, and that is from our side, from our partner side, so there's also gateways from partners, so other partners that are either building uh, applications on top of RegoBlock or uh, that are connecting their own application uh, on the, to the RegoBlock protocol through APIs, Actually, they can hold on behalf, so basically the users uh, can access uh, on their platform because they hold the tokens. But generally speaking, uh, everybody must hold some some amount of tokens. Okay. Is there is there some sort of um? So people are managing these assets, and and most likely, you know, your heaviest consumer customer, uh, I think consumer is probably going to be a trader. Is are, are they competing? Because I noticed something on your. I was looking on your website. Uh, it says uh, transparent, uh, meritoc meritocratic, and democratic. Yeah. So, so a meritocracy, you know, implies that you know the better you're managing your assets, the more tokens that you get. Am I yeah, right? Yeah, that's, that's exactly. That's exactly. I mean, it's proportional to the also the size. So basically. Uh, if you make a brilliant performance with uh, tiny assets on the pool, then of course your reward is still small because it's actually compounded to the absolute performance, not the not the percentage uh, performance over a period of time. So if, if a small trader makes one thousand percent, he's always going to make uh, less money than um, than a trader with a bigger fund, but. Having a good performance, especially good risk-adjusted performances, helps traders to raise assets. They have full visibility. They can create their own platform, or they can actually uh, they can show off their performance uh, just within the platform. So they have uh, basically it's giving all the tools to be able to perform, and so that they can focus on trading 
and uh, and they can reduce uh, at, uh, at the minimum the um, operating operating costs of just just running the structure. So that's 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 the concept. And um, yeah, we, we mostly work with distribution partners, so we don't aim at reaching the whole uh, world of traders ourselves. Uh, and uh, our partners, they, they already have the, um, the traders on their own platform. So that it's kind of a leverage of a, a different model where we design the product with the end user in mind, um, but it's aimed at being distributed through uh, different front-end applications. And we're also building our front-end application. Uh, I mean, we've been building, it's, uh, it's already out, and uh, we're also leaving the tools and the documentation to the developers so that they can leverage on those components or they can create their own. Mm, interesting. So you heard yeah, that. You know, sorry if I interrupt. It's basically, um, when Ethereum was born, it was command line. So there were no tools at all for designing or building anything. So you wanted to build an application and actually you realized that you needed some tools, some, some, some middleware layers. Uh, so that's how uh, a lot of the tools in the market now uh, have started to be created. Um, and uh, basically what we're doing in a way, it's a similar way, streamlining the go-to production to anybody who wants to create an application for asset management by leveraging on uh, uh, a ready-made protocol, a ready-made and functioning uh, incentives mechanism uh, so that uh, even companies that want to launch an application can do that and monetize without the need of uh, having a, an ICO. Uh, which these days can be, especially from the regulatory burden, uh, something capital more capital intensive than uh, um, than it used to be. It's hmm. interesting that you point that out, and you highlighted that you know when Ethereum first started, it was just command line, and uh, you know anybody using a computer now, I don't think a large percentage of people are using the command prompt in Windows or or Linux or Macintosh to get stuff done. I mean, having been there from the beginning of Ethereum, um, I'm, I'm still uh, personally uh, using some of the most uh, uh, user-unfriendly tools that you can have. But of course, uh, the average user will want something that is um, that is more easy to use. And uh, I mean, it's a big question mark how people will want to use. Uh, the technology. If you see MetaMask, it's a great tool. There's already millions of uh, users uh, who downloaded and installed it. So uh, you don't even have to worry about people adopting a different way uh, of interacting with money and value because there are already so many there. It's already a market by itself. Uh, but how actually the technology will evolve, what the look of front-end platforms will be, is still uh, an open question. There are different... Uh, implementations and um, I mean the, the best choice is probably to be open minded to anything that, 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 that comes uh, even thinking that people would manage their own uh, keys probably uh, a few years ago would have been seemed crazy now people are doing and now of course the uh, big topic is about security so making those applications 
those wallets very, very secure and still uh, decentralized uh, in uh, the best possible way. Nice, very nice. So so what I'd like to do is, is touch a little bit on the tech, right? So um, we've, we've brought up Ethereum several times. Is Regoblock built on one of the ERC um, standards or is it its own blockchain? You went and you built your own blockchain? No, no, um, we build on public, we, we build on top of existing blockchain. So uh, uh, the Regoblock protocol is uh, designed and built on top of the Ethereum public blockchain and the Rego token, GRG, is uh, an ERC-20 compliance token, so compatible token. And uh, we leverage it on the ready-made infrastructure because it doesn't make sense for us to create our own blockchain. It didn't make sense uh, because we connect the exchanges. So we leverage on the external exchanges as liquidity providers. So they are the pools of liquidity. And what we do is we create these pools that are connected to non-custodial exchanges uh, mostly non-custodial exchanges that are no frontier uh, that is uh, probably scaling right now and uh, you'll see more and more volumes on, on, on these exchanges. Uh, I mean, uh, we can name a few. It's uh, uh, FBNX and ERCDEX, just to say two that are public partners and uh, are quite visible. Um, and uh, and basically, it, it, it didn't make sense, any sense to create a separate blockchain and having to uh, connect it together. Plus, Ethereum is going to scale over time. So even the fact that the Ethereum blockchain is slow, uh, it's not um, a worry or, or anything like that, because uh, even the internet in the early days was slow, even the computers in the early days were, were slow. I mean, we decided to build on the public blockchain, just as we're building on the internet, uh, as opposed to building on uh, intranets. Of course, the, um, the Rigobo protocol is compatible with any uh, EVM-compatible blockchain. So it means that uh, it, it can be ported. But that's kind of that's called that's an area which we call a segment which we call business solutions, and uh, our primary target is on open blockchains. Uh, so we leverage on the security of public blockchains. Okay, leveraging Ethereum that that uh, that definitely is par for the course. Ethereum is a powerful tool, um, even though we're still figuring out just how awesome the tool is every day it's very <laughs> awesome it's uh it's right now the best tool running um and so let's switch it up let's get to the fun part right so every project in the space has to keep community at the center of why they're doing things this is just a nature of this market um people have to believe in what you're doing and so i looked on your site i saw there's six principles Really, with RegoBlock, reliability, accessibility, transparency, passion, meritocracy, and integrity, and uh, those are some good, you know, benchmarks for are we uh, sub sustaining uh, a great community? Uh, which one of those benchmarks do you feel like is the most important for the success of RegoBlock? Well, I mean, that's basically. On a personal level, uh, it's about integrity. 
So it's about the fact of uh, committing to, to some clear targets, sticking to the targets, being transparent. Uh, I mean, all the principles are interconnected and they work together. Mm -hmm. um, it's an idea that uh, in order to do everything in life, you need principles, right? Rules uh, that, that, that are um, rules that are proven themselves uh, resilient to the test of time. Um, so that's in life, that's in business, um, that's in more or less everything. So all of these principles work if they are applied um, all together. But uh, I mean, we've always uh, made probably of integrity the, the, the core uh, of our values. Um, it's a set of rules, just like a, a protocol is a set of rules. So even on, 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 on blockchain, um, you have principles, uh, standards that work and make your life easy. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm absolutely tracking you. Uh, principles are like axioms, like definitions. They're just what you use to build bigger things. Uh, so I like that you chose integrity, though. That was, I'm not going to lie. I like that you chose integrity because that is very, very important in this industry, uh, especially, you know, the market that we're in right now. Um, OK, so let's talk about the how can people interact with your community so is it telegram is it whatsapp is it slack is it aol instant messenger is it <laughs> no I'm kidding but is it you know how how do people get in contact with rego block and the team if they if they want to either help or either yeah or curious I mean, yeah absolutely they can come on the telegram they're very welcome if they're interested in the product in the technology uh, they are super welcome to join and ask as many questions as they want. And uh, also we have a Discord chat. So the Discord chat is more quiet. Um, there's less uh, rumor and external intervention on the, on the Discord chat. Um, uh, but uh, the core uh, channel is, is Telegram. But we hope that Telegram gets, can get cream cleaner of the of the spam actually but we have we, ha we have to make a lot of work to to keep the channel clean for people who want to actually communicate communicate good things on the channel um, but we're there always uh, i'm also there uh, from time to time absolutely um it's it's, it's fun I, i'm in a lot of telegram groups and there's always like clockwork every month or two there's just a group of people that ask questions that are so uh, irrelevant to, to what the project is actually attempting to do. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's a reality that companies go through is kind of moderating the, the communication channels. Um, so I'll ask a couple more questions. They're kind of going to be a little ethereal, a little more pie in the sky, uh, philosophical, but mm -hmm. you know, uh, Rego Block started what, 2016, I believe? February 2016 is when the original concept was originated. And so you've been in building and developing in crypto now solidly for two years with just Rego Block. What are some of the lessons that you've learned from the market that you'd like to maybe expound on to our listeners? Yeah, be very prudent. <laughs> Always. Uh, there's been uh, 
huge uh, quantum leaps, like quantum leaps, uh, in the way that, uh, that, that, that the solidity that the smart contracts are uh, coded, designed, tested. Uh, there's been huge improvements in the, in the processes of, processing of transactions. Um, but also, I mean, from a technical founder point of view, so you, you always get some kind of technical question. So if, if, I mean, my best advice is for developers to always test your code. So to, to, that's something that we look uh, a lot into with the new hires as well. Like uh, Solidity developers are uh, really, uh, some of them are uh, very new to uh, coding best practices. And uh, now you didn't you didn't have any tools for uh, for for making safe uh, solidity code. Now you have. Um, so I mean, always apply best practices and uh, and do fully tested uh, code. So if you have any other questions, I'm happy to uh, to go through that. I just went to that. Oh, that that that's fine. Being prudent is probably a great lesson to learn when you're building in this industry because then you don't have mistakes like was it was a parody that like you know there's millions of dollars just locked now because somebody didn't uh, build their smart contract correctly well, i mean we went through everything so i mean and we survived so i mean just uh it's a it's a it's a it's a huge market with huge swings actually the fact that there's a token i mean what, what I find really puzzling is that you have Ether, which is a token, the native token of Ethereum, which has a, a dollar value. So Ether, in terms of Ether, doesn't doesn't change in value because one Ether is always one Ether. But in terms of dollars, it changes. And when there was the, the, the huge, when there were the huge um, spikes in price, uh, then you saw an acceleration of everything. So. Basically, uh, there's this very high volatility in the price, which means also very high volatility in the market. And uh, I mean, for any in the, in, who's listening right now, um, my advice would be in anything that they are, they're in trading, they're in development or anything, to consolidate what they're doing and doing it more, finding more people, uh, getting more people involved, because uh, this is the perfect time. Uh, the market is more quiet. Um, there's less uh, also competition for capital, as uh, many um, marketing-related uh, ICOs probably have uh, succeeded lately. And so, I mean, it's the perfect time for for starting uh, from scratch or for increasing uh, the operations. There you go. So, which might, ask... might might sound like uh, a contra, which is a contrarian. Uh, point, uh, thought because everybody now is kind of uh, just looking at, at the other uh, part of the coin, which is uh, the market that is weak. But we've seen time and time again that uh, that the market consolidates. There's a progress in technology, and eventually the market keeps going up again. Which means by opening everything, so from not not just the cryptos and themselves, but also the business, the interest from corporates into the sector, 
being stressed from institutionals, which is growing. Yep. It, uh, you're, it's absolutely right. You, the, that cycle you just mentioned is something that, you know, if you've been in crypto for a while, you notice it's like, you know, you get these insane hype cycles. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe we'll call it irrational exuberance. I'll coin a phrase from my co-host on uh, the Bitcoin podcast. But it's you get these hype cycles. But then when that hype dies down, what you actually are left with is this base of people that are still building and still developing and, and still trying to make this the the vision that everyone sees. So that's important to to highlight. Um, one last question. We love to ask this question. Uh, so our audience is, I'm pretty sure has, has learned to love this question as well. Is there anything that you wished I had asked you that I didn't? <laughs> no, I mean, it was a very, very nice conversation and, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm super happy that you, that, that we shared it moments. I mean, it's, it's a good it was a good time to stop and think about everything that came before uh, Rigoblock. So the whole um, uh, the whole story uh, of the company. Yeah, it's always good to reflect because then you can figure out, you know, what have you done? What haven't you done? You know, how are you doing it? Why it's it's always good to reflect, and that's why. Yeah, I've, and then I've I'm gonna things. think about this question, and I'm gonna say like in five minutes, oh God, I, I should I should have uh, told me to ask me this question, but yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, we it's a fifty fifty shot. Some some uh, some guests uh, were like, oh, I wish you should have asked me about uh, the, who knows the market constraints and whatever. And some guests are like, you know. I think we got everything covered and you know, I'm glad I got this chance to talk to your audience. So uh, thank you very much, uh, Gabrielle. Thank you. Thank you so much. And first wing goodbye. Goodbye.